0: The FT.
1: Welcome back to Banking Weekly with me, Anusha Sukui. I'm stepping into the hot seat this week as Megan Murphy is out and about. She'll be back with us next Monday. but Today I'm joined in the studio by Brickmasters, the FT's chief regulation correspondent, Matthew Vincent, editor of FT Money, and David Oakley, our capital markets correspondent. On the eve of the emergency budget, we'll be taking a look at what the implications are for the government's plan to raise £3 billion through a bank levy, and in turn, how this may affect markets. We will also take a look at the stress tests which the 27 EU member states agreed to last week to increase transparency in the banking system. But first, to the FSA. In his Maiden Mansion House speech, Chancellor George Osborne fulfilled the Tories' long-held promise to scrap the FSA. After what he termed spectacular regulatory failure, the bulk of the regulator's powers will be handed to the Bank of England. Brooke, this was quite well trailed. People were expecting this. What do you think the implications are going to be going forward?
2: I think we're in for a couple of years of complete chaos. Anybody who survived the 1997 to 2000 creation of the FSA will remember that it took forever to draft this legislation. It was the most amended piece of legislation ever in UK history. And there were long periods of uncertainty. The way they've structured the breakup of the FSA requires them to basically split in half units that have been supervising the larger institutions, particularly the banks, but also the insurance companies. Because now instead of having one unit that goes in and visits, say, Barclays, you'll have two units, one that comes in from the Bank of England and says, do you have enough capital? Do you have enough liquid assets? And a whole second group that will come in and say, are you treating your customers fairly? Are you managing conflicts? Are you preventing market abuse? Mm-hmm. In theory, this is not a bad arrangement. Having you know a, what's called a twin peak system, where you know there's somebody worrying about the safety and soundness of banks, and somebody worrying about whether they're being nice to people and doing their job properly, is a very valid system. It's been in place in the Netherlands, in Australia, in Canada. There's no reason to think it couldn't work here. It's the transition process that everybody in the city is absolutely terrified about.
1: Matthew, things are going to change for consumers, right? So um, the way that banks sell their products to consumers, can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: As Brooke's been saying, there's going to be this
0: other body alongside the Bank of England, the uh, Consumer Protection and Markets Authority, which is going to proactively go in and mystery shop and uh, check out what the experience is, make sure customers are being treated fairly. It's also going to apparently um, intervene in product design. At an earlier stage to ensure that uh, banks don't put together these sort of you know complex and opaque derivative-based products and foist them upon an unsuspecting uh, public. So uh, things are going to change. I think what's really interesting is the two reviews mm-hmm. that the FSA was already carrying out: the retail distribution review and the mortgage market review. Uh, what's going to happen to those?
1: But I mean, is there any is there any evidence that that these changes from the sort of commun- consumer protection side? will we'll improve things?
0: The Retail Distribution Review is really good news, I think, for the consumer because all of the mis-selling scandals in the UK, from endowment policies to precipice bonds to pension transfers to structured products, have all been linked to the payment of commission. This review... Will get rid of the payment of commission up front and should stop these abuses.
1: But do you think it might uh, that, will that then transform the way that banks um, look to generate products or originate new products if their their commission and their actual financial incentives change? How how may product selling change?
0: Straightforward product sales where you sell something on the basis of not advising somebody about the existence of other better alternatives that will will carry on. But it does pose the bigger questions to will banks go after? This sort of middle part of the market, and lower part of the market, people who don't want to pay a fee to take uh, advice, they can't have advice paid for by commission. Mm-hmm. So we could get a position where we have this sort of disenfranchised group of uh, consumers and banks will have to think very carefully about how they approach them. Uh, and they may just have to go the, uh, the straightforward sales method.
1: David, um, when we saw uh, potential changes coming out of the US in terms of regulation or the, the uncertainty as well of, of what regulations would come out, what politicians would uh, push and what they would uh, pull back on, you know, markets reacted very negatively to that uncertainty. What ha- what's happening in the UK now trigger the same kind of uncertainty or are investors sort of not really fast?
3: I think in the UK, mostly the focus is on the Eurozone still, and that has meant that the UK has benefited from the safe haven flows. So unless there is something very surprising in in tomorrow's uh, emergency budget, it's very unlikely that we will see... A big movement on Gilts or Sterling. The Eurozone problems are just so great Mm. that even some of the worst or some of the worrying regulatory aspects are, are, are just not affecting UK markets.
1: You mentioned the emergency budget. It's going to be big news tomorrow. What are the markets telling us today? I mean, are there, is the gilt market at all indicating uh, any kind of nervousness? Yeah.
3: I mean, the gilt market again today is actually looking quite positive. They think that um, the chancellor will tomorrow announce um, that gilt issuance will be lowered from I think it's around 185 billion to 165 billion. That's a good sign. That means that debt levels in this country are not quite as bad as we thought. That's very good for the UK bond markets. Sterling again is quite stable, but sterling has lost a lot of value. This Year, and I think that um, it is now trading at what you would call fair value.
1: So, one of the points we expect in tomorrow's uh, budget is plans to raise uh, a levy against banks, and that, uh, that the government might hope to raise anywhere between one and five billion pounds. Brooke, what detail do you
2: know so far? It's very much up in the air um, because there was so much difference between the Conservatives and the Lib Dems in their proposals before the election. The best we can guess is it looks to be a balance sheet levy, much like President Obama has proposed for the U.S. The exact amount is still very much under discussion. And some of the key questions is about what part of bank balance sheets will get taxed, whether it will include deposits, will it only be wholesale funding, what will happen to the repo markets, is very much up in the air. But I think the real question, I think, for this for the banking industry when this comes out is, you know, is this a short-term levy? to build up you know, money or repay what got spent on rescuing the banks? Or is this a long-term financial basis for the UK, which makes the UK, of course, much less attractive as a long-term destination?
1: And what about for those working in the banking sector? How might this affect them?
2: It's hard to know. I mean, if it becomes less profitable to be in the UK because you have to pay a balance sheet levy, presumably fewer of them will be in the UK. And you'll see something like you know the US banks m- might start rethinking having their European headquarters here because there are many things you know, such as legal and compliance that don't have to be in the UK they could move them someplace else and so we might see some movement not wholesale shutting down but more you know shifting people around to avoid a balance sheet levy
1: um, David are you is this any kind of differentiation in the markets um, because uh, in, in terms of the way they view UK banks compared to say continental Euroba- European banks based on this idea of a levy seeing as um, the UK is getting a alone at the moment.
3: I mean, at the moment, I think Eurozone banks are considered much worse, much more of a, a, a threat or much more of an, a risk than UK banks. That might not be correct, actually. But with the problems with the Spanish savings banks and um, worries that the Germans' landers' banks may have a lot of mortgage-related securities, I think, again, a lot of investors are focusing on these issues However, stress tests which we now have been told will be published next month um, will include some UK banks and that will be interesting to see what's on their balance sheets as well.
1: But I want to come back to that subject in a minute but before we move on, Matthew... What can you or I expect uh, to change when we go into our local bank uh, as a result of this levy? Is, will there be any changes for the, for the man on the street?
0: I think it's very hard to imagine that we'll go into our local branch and discover that um, deposit rates are that much more generous and mortgage rates are, are lower. I can't, I can't see any... Possible uh, scope for margins to to be narrowed as a uh, as a result of it. I imagine what what's, what we've seen happening in the UK, which has been a sort of re- you know, rebuilding of margins over the past uh, sort of six to twelve months, will just will just uh, continue. One other thing that's probably worth looking at is um, the bank customer, who is also a shareholder, as lots of private inv- you know, investors are, may well reverse their current sort of inflows into financial stocks in the last three months. Um, figures from Capital Registrars, the big share of, uh, registrar in the UK, showed that £270 million from private investors went into bank stocks. It was coming out of BP and uh, other firms. But I don't think the banks will look quite so attractive to the private investor.
1: Brooke, I just want to ask you one last question as well on this subject, which is because the UK is going it alone and is acting unilaterally, if there's any opportunity for regulation arbitrage? Yeah.
2: Oh, there's clearly opportunity mm. for regulation arbitrage. The US has a levy going, but it's specifically targeted to repaying the TARP money. Okay. And so very clearly, you could see banks that don't have to do business in the UK trying to shift as much of their operations elsewhere to avoid having to pay a tax. The UK is particularly vulnerable because so many international banks have chosen to make London their headquarters. It's a great place to do business from. But if it's expensive, then suddenly other places look more attractive. Again, I don't think it means the city will shut down, and certainly people will still have London presences. But if you're choosing, you know, whether to send your 50 new risk officers to London or to, you know, Geneva, you might start thinking more seriously about Geneva.
1: But is there maybe more of a subliminal message there that that maybe the financial industry isn't going to be so important in the UK or shouldn't be uh, so important in the UK going
2: forward? Certainly, you know, Lord Turner, who runs the Financial Services Authority, has said that the banking sector is swollen. And there's something to be said for that. The question is if you're going to force the banking industry to shrink and push it away. What's coming in its place? It's not like BP is about to, you know, jump in. So I think that's the risk is they have a point. It it would be better if the UK were more balanced. Mm -hmm. But what do you replace it with? So I want to go back to the point that David
1: raised about the stress tests on EU banks. It's a point that's dominating markets this week.
3: Our priority is to have a solid and healthy banking system. We agreed that the so-called stress tests of the banks will be published at the latest in the second half of July.
1: Okay, so that was Herman Van Rompuy, the European Council president. So we expect these stress tests to be published towards the second half of July, as he said there. How important are these results going to be? And is there any indication already of what we might see?
3: I um, mean these, these results actually could be a turning point um, uh, in the US last year the stress tests were the turning point for the in fact the whole world economy and we saw that um, it gave the confidence um, to investors across the board because the weak banks were given money to recapitalize and strong banks were seen as strong and therefore uh, positive for the market in Europe it is more complicated than the US because of course it's not one country and there is great diversity across the eurozone the There are concerns about the Spanish savings banks, the concerns about the Germans' landers' banks, as I mentioned before. But although the markets have responded positively and the stress has been eased in the markets... At the outset, there is the worry that the stress tests won't go far enough, and that is particularly on the point of what happens if there is a Greek default. That's the big issue, and if that's not included in the stress test, then some investors might say, "Well, what are the point of these?"
1: So, what do, what are they exactly uh, testing? I mean, this is a kind of this is the point, right? Though it's
3: uh, in, in short, I mean, they'll do it similarly, similar to the U.S. They'll tr- try and test. We think for what will happen in us if, the, if say, the housing market continues to collapse. What will happen if? Uh, job job rates or sorry jobless rates keep on rising those kind of things but one test that a lot of investors would like to see is what would happen if there has to be a restructuring in one of the eurozone economies particularly greece but what would happen if spain or portugal And are rest? they
1: going to test on that?
3: Very unlikely.
1: And what, why isn't the EU testing that?
3: I think possibly it's because that would be create too much of a, a stress on the banks and would therefore lead to too much of a uh, stress on investors mm-hmm. who would then continue to exit from the eurozone we've seen the eurozone um, come under a lot of pressure this year the only buyer of eurozone debt apart from germany and the maybe the core countries like france and, and, and the netherlands has been the ecb if there's a stress test on greek default and it is very negative then we might see confidence shatter even further than it already
1: no we've been watching the sort of contagion move from greece to portugal to maybe spain it's and and you've been reporting recently about the spotlight potentially turning to what we might have thought of stronger banking systems in France or Germany. I mean, that,
3: that's very interesting because since the advent of the euro, all eurozone banks have become much more independent, interdependent rather. So you see, French and German banks have a lot of Greek and Spanish and Portuguese debt, or or, 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 or not necessarily debt, but certainly exposure to these countries on their on their balance sheets. This means that should Greece default, France and Germany will nurse heavy loss, losses. I think, on re- reflection, most people think Germany, because it is a strong economy, has a lot of money should be okay. But France, which there is still some lack of clarity over what the French will do to help their banks or to help their economy, could be the one that suffers, given that a lot of their banks have so much exposure to what what is called the peripheral economies in Southern Europe.
1: So this week, all eyes will be on the budget. And no doubt, we will be talking about it in our next podcast. All that's left for me to say is thank you to Brooke Masters, Matthew Vincent and David Oakley. And thanks to you for listening. Banking Weekly was produced by LJ Philotrani. Till next week, goodbye.
0: For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.